listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. All right. Hey, welcome back to the Lead Defend podcast. This is Seth Tucker. Um, Just... uh, Excited to spend some time with a good friend here. Carmen Lane is here to talk about purity. Uh, We're going to spend a little bit of time just discussing what purity is and why it's important. But uh, before that, I want you to hear a little bit about who Carmen is. So, Carmen, tell us about yourself. Hey, guys. I'm super excited to be with you today. Uh, My name is Carmen Lane. I'm a mom of two. I have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old in my home right now. Been married to my husband 20 years this December. They're in your home or are they yours? They are mine and they get to live in my home. <laughs> I allow them to right now until they're that's 18. Good. That's good. <laughs> but I've uh, been married for 20 years to the same man, so that's a, a great deal. Victory. Yes, absolute victory. So um, anyway, one of the things that I've gotten the opportunity to do is work with students for the last 20 some odd years, 20, 25 years. And you just and aged yourself right there. I, I did. Bit. I did. <laughs> As I get older, I hopefully get wiser. That's my desire. I think you have. So uh, in working with students, uh, one of the things that I have worked with students the most about is sexual purity and what purity actually looks like. So I'm looking forward to talking about that today. That's right. So let's just kick it off with this because, I mean, we throw this word purity around all the time, but, but what exactly is purity? What does it mean and what is it? What does it look like? I think one of the things that I think about with purity is the fact that so often we think about sexual purity because of the society in which we engage yeah. ourselves um, and because of the um, environment that we are inundated with on a daily basis with social media, with media in general, as far as TV and movies. And so when I think about purity, I think about what does that look like in God's Word? What does it look yeah. like when, when we think about the word pure? Because in Webster's Dictionary, it actually defines it as literally untouched. Yeah. And so when I think about Revelation 21.8, it actually uses the term pure to speak of gold. Mm. And when we think about gold, we think about 100% pure gold. And what does that mean? It means that there is nothing else there, and it is completely pure. And so when we think about purity, I want us to begin to think about not just the sexual purity, but pursuing holiness. Because when we're pursuing holiness, then we're not engaging ourselves in those other thoughts and those other things that can inundate our lives. Yeah, that's good. I mean, because when when we talk about purity in church, almost always, like especially youth pastors tend to to talk about purity or youth workers, and and we always just talk about sexual purity, but but really it is so much more because we can be pure in the way that we talk, we can be pure in the way that we think or the way that we that we look at things, and so uh, I like that that you hit that. It's about about pursuing holiness. That's good. Um, so Carmen, why is purity important? Tell me, what's so important about remaining pure? Well, I think that purity often um, communicates wholeness, uh, not just with one another, but with our relationship with the Lord. Because if our minds are pure, then then we are keeping our eyes focused on Him. And if if our bodies are pure, then we are protecting ourselves for what God intended for us to experience only with one person. Man, that's good. Okay. Because, I mean, Tell me, when it comes to, to sexual purity, because that is what we're going to focus, we're going to talk about sexual purity, but how, how can being sexually pure make your life better? Because I think there's a lot of people that know the Bible says not to do these things, but why did God tell us that? Like, why is it important to our everyday life? 
Well, I think if you go back and you look where the Lord told us to flee sexual immorality, he obviously knew that it was something that he designed for us to experience with yeah. one other person. But I think in that, in that moment, we have to think about when we're fleeing, we also have to think about the joy of how he created it to be with that other person. And, so you're uh, telling me sex is supposed to be fun. That's the thing. That's what I tell teenagers <laughs> so much. Sex is not a bad thing. Sex is a very, very good thing right. within the confines of marriage. That's right. And yeah. so oftentimes, and, I, and honestly, um, I felt that way, Seth, yeah. um, that, that night of our wedding, although we had waited, uh, I'd waited for 23 years. Yeah. And that first night, there was a lot of guilt associated with that because for yeah. so long I had been told, no, you should not have sex. No, you should have not have sex. Yeah. Don't engage in sexual activity. And then God had allowed it in that moment. And so I really had to even work through that of what does this look like for me to share that sexual purity with another person? Do you think maybe it would help when we're having sexual purity talks for us to to take the talk that we've always said, like, hey, don't have sex. Sex is bad. Because that's what I always heard, too. And and maybe we, we talk about the joy that can come from sex, but rather the danger that can come with having it outside of the, the created order. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's been so important for my husband and I. And just to share just a little bit about our testimony. Yeah. Um, both of us were in eighth grade and okay. we lived in different parts of the state of Arkansas. And when you got married, you were in eighth grade? <laughs> yes. Yes. 14 <laughs> years old. Our parents had to sign off on this deal. You know, I do think that's interesting. That's not true, by the way. (laughs) No, I was 23. But what is is neat is that we were both in eighth grade, and True Love Waits was something that was starting up in the 1990s. And um, both of our... My grandparents told me about that. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. So both of our um, youth pastors were actually um, going through True Love Waits at the exact same years because we're around the same age. And so we both signed that um, commitment card. And we decided from that point forward that we were going to remain sexually pure. And I would love to sit here and tell you that... um, it was, it was such, so I'm so strong in um, yeah. how I handle things and handle temptation that I was able to do that on my own. Yeah. But what I have learned is it was the Holy Spirit giving me the strength um, yeah. in those moments because it was hard. I'm not going to sit here and act like that this was an easy deal. No, because um, I've seen Brian. He's a very attractive oh, man. Oh, he's hot. So <laughs> because he's so hot, it was an even greater temptation. Yes, I'm loving that my daughter is in the room. She's dying a thousand deaths right now. But um, in that moment, obviously made that decision in eighth grade to do that, and so did he. And so in making that decision previously, we were able to know ahead of time because we had a game plan. I think that's a huge thing with sexual temptation is having a game plan. I love sports. And so I know that if if the Razorbacks are going to go out on a Saturday and win, they will have had to prepare. Now, we're not going to talk about last year. But <laughs> no. we, we know that there has to be preparation. But if you go out on, in a game, and a lot of these um, people who are listening have probably played sports at some level, um, potentially, yeah. or been in the band. But if there's no preparation, then you fail. And so I can only imagine that if a quarterback went out without plays, what that day would look like. Yeah. And so the same thing is true with our sexual purity. If there is not a game plan, if there's not a decision made prior to that, when you get into that situation, it makes it so much more difficult. Um, And so that's what we did. We made that decision, and the Holy Spirit in us allowed us to to continue walking um, and pursuing holiness in that area of our lives. Um, Again, I would love to say that it was easy, but it was not. Um, Another thing that I think made it easier is the people that we surrounded ourselves with. It was an expectation for them in their lives as well. And yeah. so there were questions asked. There was, um, it was causing it to us to be pushed yeah. in the direction of choosing, choosing Christ over yeah. choosing the world. And so that I was think, something for I us. think I want to come back in a few minutes to that idea of, of you know, who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you tend to act like, right? right. 
Um, but right now, tell me, like, so you already said you and Brian were both, uh, you were both, you know, pure for the most part, right? You were you were committed to purity. Yes. And, and you were virgins when you got married. Tell us that funny story that we were talking about. Tell, tell us about, about you all's wedding night. All right. So my husband and I um, were leaving the reception, and my parents had, had gotten us a limousine uh, to leave our wedding and go to the hotel. That's bougie right there. It was awesome. So... Anyway, it was December 18th, and uh, there was lots of Christmas lights. I love looking at Christmas lights. Who doesn't? Exactly. It's one of the greatest things at Christmas. Amen. And so we get in the limousine, and I turned to my husband, my then husband, um, and said... Husband of a couple hours. Husband of a couple of hours. <laughs> so anyway, I look at him, and I say, hey, why don't we go look at um, Christmas lights since we've you know, got a couple of hours in this limousine? And he turns to me, and he says... I've waited 23 years to have sex, and you want to go look at Christmas lights? <laughs> so, um, we, needless to say, we did not go look at Christmas lights. And money wasted on a limo. May, I mean, money wasted. But the great thing he did 10 years later on our anniversary, 10 year anniversary, we went back to the same hotel. He rented a limousine, and he said, Now we can go look at Christmas lights. That so, is. Your husband is a baller. Hey, awesome. That is incredible. I know. I love it. That was one of my favorite anniversaries, and it was the most simple thing. We just oh, went downtown Little Rock and went wow. and looked at Christmas lights in the limo. I'm all the more impressed with Brian Lane. You should be. Wow. Take notes, Seth okay. Tucker. I need to. And I had a few good ideas, but nothing like that. <laughs> it was good stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So let's get back to this idea of purity. Like, I just wanted to hear that funny story because okay. it's great. Um. When we look at purity, though, like just, I think the question on most people's minds, most teenagers, college students, young adults, most singles, the question is, how far is too far? And, and so let's talk about that question real quick. Tell me, tell me, how far is too far, Carmen? Well, Seth, usually when I talk to students about this, one of the things that I say to them is, you're going to think I'm crazy when I put it like this. But I think it helps remind us about how, um, how our minds operate and how we have to be wise with our thoughts and our actions. Yeah. And so when I say that if holding hands causes you to lust or desire that person in an adulterous way, then yeah. you have already committed a sin. So then holding hands is too far. Yeah. If hugging that person causes you to, to lust after them or desire more sexually, then I believe you have to stop. Um, I believe that I would stop that at, at mm. kissing, and I don't mean um, super passionate kissing. Right. <laughs> there are areas that I think just can yeah. can push us in areas well, that God, God created us. Yes. Yeah, he made it. He made kissing. Yes. To turn your body on. Absolutely, <laughs> and to want to go further, and yes. so that's where that comes in for the game plan Good. and yeah. having boundaries. I think that's a huge area is to have already have set boundaries for yourself. Now, let me ask this though, because I think we haven't discussed this, but you know, for young ladies, like they may not. Uh, have their their sexual engine turned on, right? But it might turn the young man's on, right? Okay, and and so you know, I, I don't think many girls realize what what can just get a guy thinking about sex, like a, a piggyback ride mm -hmm. with a girl on your back. Like you're thinking about sex many times, right. or or maybe even just uh, you know uh, the way that a girl sits, yes. even like they're not thinking about that because their brain isn't wired the same way a young right. man's is. So, so kind of, you know, when we, when we think about how far is too far, mm -hmm. uh, we need to consider the other person as well, not just right. ourselves. Because I think for even young men, if we're going to go the other direction, right, young men want to win a young woman's heart, but they don't realize that some of the romantic things that they may say or right. do 
is really starting the engine of the young woman. Right. And and I'm sorry to use a car illustration. I mean, I'm a dude. I don't think about things the way normal people do. It'd be awesome if you silenced your phone, though, yeah, Carmen. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a text message. Uh, I, I've had meetings with Carmen where that thing just beeps and dings and all day long because that's she never learned how to mute her phone. Seth, I guess so, it's because I'm getting old and I can't hear anymore. I, I do know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, anyway. How many years have you been married? No, I'm just joking. We don't need to go there. <laughs> hey, I do want to address what you just said because okay, I think yeah. it's so key um, in talking about how girls um, are engaged and then how guys are engaged. Yeah. My husband and I have talked a whole lot about this because we speak about this together. And so I've asked him a whole lot of questions over the years um, because I do not understand how men think. Right. It is so foreign to me how yeah. even a teenage boy thinks. I don't really want to know how a teenage boy thinks. but I want to forget. Yeah, <laughs> I think that would probably be wise. But uh, what I think is interesting is what you just said, is yeah. that um, as, a, as a teenage girl, I did not understand things that I would do yeah. that would have turned um, a exactly. guy on. For example, yeah. I tell girls a lot of times, there's a reason that you don't sit in a guy's lap. I think because you think, oh, we're friends. I can sit in his lap and wrap my arm around him. That's right. But that's not at all what's going on inside a man's mind or a boy's mind. Another example is at a ball game. I see this happen all the time. The girl's sitting on the bleachers in front of him. She's leaned back between his legs. And Mm -hmm. and the guy is not thinking... Are we going to score next? No. He's only thinking, is he going to score? score? That's it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's it. That's all he's thinking about. That's all. And so I think it's so important for girls to know, you know, we say we, we don't put all the pressure on the girls. Well, I'm fixing to go to the guys as well. Yeah. But exactly. I think it's so important for girls to realize what they're doing, not in just, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but how they dress. But how do they interact with them, the flirting that goes on? Because when it says flee sexual immorality, it's Mm -hmm. all sexual immorality, not just the act of performing sex. But how are you touching a guy, um, even when it maybe does not feel inappropriate, but what are you doing inadvertently that's causing their minds to go um, into an area in which it doesn't need to go? That's right. But for the guys, what I think it's important for guys to realize is exactly what you said, is how important it is to maintain emotional um, purity with that mm-hmm. girl. Absolutely. Um, because when a girl gets um, a text from a guy and um, yeah. he's professing his love or professing whatever he wants in that moment, it doesn't. it's not just seen by her. There's a screenshot taken and she sent it to all of her friends and they're all analyzing it. That's true. <laughs> and it's not just something that's going to go, you know, go in one ear and out the other like it would for a guy. Because a guy's yeah. going to see a text, he's going to move on. Um, a girl's going to think about that for the next four days. And um, then she's going to begin to act on that. And I think it's so important for guys yeah. to remember that when they're talking to a girl, that they're not being manipulative in their emotions. Because that's what brings that girl in. Absolutely. Um, we do need to kind of carry on a little forward. But, but when we're talking about how far is too far, when I think about it, mm-hmm. I really think... That if we're asking the question, how far is too far, we're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I mean is, if, if godliness or holiness is really what purity is about, then our question shouldn't be, how far can I go? Because when we draw lines, we're saying, I want to go this far and I want to push the limits. But when we ask uh, a different question, the question that I like to ask is, what am I pursuing? If the pursuit of my life is sexual pleasure up until it's wrong, then then I'm asking that question of how right. far is too far. But if the pursuit of my life is godliness or or Christ likeness or 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 to to for my relationship to love this person the way Jesus loves this person, then the pursuit of my life is nothing like how far is too far. The pursuit of my life is how can I be Jesus mm-hmm. to this person that I'm Absolutely. in a relationship with. And so I, I would like to think us. I would like for us to start thinking that way. And you've got an illustration about that 
uh, if we could just jump to that illustration. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Because in so many areas in our life, if we're pursuing holiness, then those other things fall into place. Um, so one of the things that I think about when I think about boundaries, I think about the Grand Canyon because okay. big hole in the ground. Have you found the faces? I've gone there so many times and I haven't found <laughs> Wrong the faces. Wrong place. That, oh, crap. All right. <laughs> so, so I hiked down in that thing for eight hours. Um, one of the worst eight hours of my life. I've never been so hot and thirsty in my entire life. So when I'm standing looking at the Grand Canyon, y'all can't imagine what this is like doing this with Seth Tucker. But when, um, when I'm standing at the Grand Canyon, I know that there are areas that don't have boundaries or yeah, fences. Right. But I was really good. I'm not even scared of um, heights, but I was really good standing a little further back and looking at that big hole. So I know that I wouldn't come to a point where I would step my toes as far as I could off of that edge of the Grand Canyon in hopes that I would not fall off. Yeah. And so when I think about that, I think about our sexual purity. Why in the world would I get closer and closer and closer to the edge in hoping that I do not fall off per se? Yeah. that I do not make a decision in which I will regret or that will be sinful against God. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that I think about exactly what you just said about what does it mean to pursue holiness? Because I cannot serve two masters. God's already told me that. And we know yeah. that that's talking about finances and money, but we can apply that to our lives in this area because we know in James, it, it talks about that. It, are, are we going to serve God or are we going to serve man? And if we're serving God, then that mm -hmm. means that we are protecting ourselves um, at all costs in order to look more like him. Kind of like um, Joseph when he was running from Potiphar's wife. Yeah. What was he doing? He was running from sin. Rather than, it doesn't say that he just got a little closer to that and he allowed yeah. himself to go just a little bit further with her. It says yeah. that he actually turned around and ran. And I think that's important for us to remember. That's really good. Okay, uh, let's let's jump in. We got two more things to talk about and not a whole lot of time. So okay. uh, the, the first would be, what are some pitfalls for for impurity so like some places where we're, we're trying to stay pure but but it, these are these are snares that maybe are there traps that are maybe there that we need to avoid well what i think is um is interesting is how many people don't allow themselves to have people that are engaged in their lives or mentors in their lives mm. even peers that are holding them accountable um, i think when we when we separate ourselves even when um when i see a guy and a girl start dating and they begin yeah. to separate themselves from their friends and they're exclusive with one another. Yeah. And they don't allow other people to speak into that. I think um, I, I even look at a young lady who just got married in our church, um, especially a young lady. And her desire was so badly to, to maintain sexual purity up until that point. And so she didn't even allow herself to be alone in another room um, mm -hmm. at all with him. Because that um, even at that moment, right the week right. before they got married, the temptation was probably the greatest that it had ever been. And so she was, um, she was adamant that she was not going to allow herself. So she'd bring her sister and her brother along with her on things. <laughs> so I thought that was precious. But um, one of the things that I do want to hit on is, is what I have seen, um, the, the guilt that goes along. Because you say some of the things, I know you talk about pitfalls, but yeah. what are some of the consequences of, of when someone has gone ahead and had sex before marriage? Yeah. And because I've worked with so many teenagers. Or even just pushed boundaries sexually. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, whether they're pushing boundaries and doing more, going too far yeah. or engaging completely in sexual intercourse. Yeah. And so uh, when I think about that, I think about several young ladies um, that I've worked with. One who called me, she was at a ball game um, on a Friday night and called me, and I thought someone had died. She was in tears and broken. Another young lady that just fell on the floor in my office um, because she was so broken. And, and I, again, I, I anticipated they were going to tell me that somebody had actually died. And um, they told me that they had engaged either in going too far or in sexual activity. And um, the, the guilt that was associated and the grief. Um, I think that's one thing that stood out to me the most 
was the grieving process that they had to walk through because yeah. they were grieving the loss of, of that virginity or grieving the loss of the sin in their life. And I think yeah. that's the greater thing for us to be reminded yes. about. Not that we mm-hmm. that someone just has engaged in, in sex outside of marriage, yeah. but the bigger thing is that we have sinned against a holy God. And I think that's the thing that we have to walk through the most. Yeah, many times we think that the wrong thing is the action when really the heart of sin is the right. problem. You're exactly like, right. When, when we're chasing uh, sexual sin, we are just not chasing Jesus. Right. You know, and so if we could focus on that, um, you know, that would, that would help us so much to remember what life really is about and how we can chase after Jesus versus whatever it is going on. Um, we want to finish just with this one last question, which okay. is what, what if someone's already messed up? We addressed this a little bit before mm-hmm. when talking about sex, but I think people need to hear this more and more often. What, what if someone's already messed up, Carmen? Well, I think it's important to, um, to be reminded um, of what a lot of us already know is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed for us. And I think so oftentimes we think about the word virgin, yeah. And we focus exactly what you just said on the action rather than the forgiveness. And I think Christ would um, prefer if we are repentive of that. Yeah. And obviously repentive is turning away from that sin. And um, that's probably the hardest part. Yeah. But the other side of that and what I've seen in, in several of these young ladies is, is seeking forgiveness, but then forgiving self. And so I think that's important to remember that, that the blood of Christ has poured over all of our sins. And that sin can be as forgiven as well. Um, so I think what's important again to, to be reminded of is if you have, even if you have messed up to, to have other people in your life that are going to walk through that with you and to encourage you in that moment. But, um, to be reminded that you are a daughter of the most high God or a son of the most high God, and he desires for you to pursue holiness. And, um, when we can always experience that through repentance and forgiveness. That's right. And he wants to walk with you through that and not leave you alone in your problem. Right. Um, Everybody, thanks for listening. Carmen, thank you so much Absolutely. for coming on to this podcast with me. Um, Ryan just uh, wasn't able to make it for this for this taping. So anyway, we'll be back with uh, more episodes of Lead Defend Podcast. Give us a follow and uh, look at our, our website, leaddefend.org. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Take care. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.